Welcome to the second order. It's a very bad feeling about Hold on, hold on. That's the wrong record. It's the wrong record. Ah, we really need to hire a producer. Okay, give me that stack of records. Uh, let's see. Mecco, other galactic funk? No, that's not it. Glenn Fry's greatest hits. Take it easy. No, that's not it. Rogue One soundtrack. What a piece of junk. Ugh. Oh, here it is. Show intro. Okay, uh, let me put it on. Gotta be careful not to scratch it here because, you know, it's uh, pretty valuable. Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisler Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Hey, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving. Wretched Hive, and I've got some of the Hive with me. We just wanted to do a shout-out today to all of our listeners. Wish you and your families a very, very healthy and wonderful Thanksgiving. We are not going to release a regular show this week. Instead, we've got a best-of show that uh, my colleague-in-arms here, Scott, has uh, helped assemble. Uh, We couldn't be together on Thanksgiving, but we wanted to be with you, our listeners, uh, and so... We're doing the best of. Yeah, thanks a lot, Steve. I wanted to say happy Thanksgiving to all of our fans, friends, and family out there. It's going to be a great little best of clips uh, clip show for you. Hope you enjoy it. You know, since we have such vast experience as podcast professionals, as they call us, we're going to take you back to the days when we just sucked balls and let you hear that for... <laughs> <laughs> and actually, there's been a lot of those days. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna preview the well rehash the early days of sucking balls. I yes. think is what oh, you're yes. getting at. I mean, is it really gonna be a best of show, or is it gonna be? I mean, like we all know, the worst of show. But should we classify this as a worst of volume one? Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's the a great best point. Of, the best of the worst. The word. The worst of the best. Good times, mm. gentlemen. Mm. Good times. All right. Well, I'm with sure. no further ado, here's the best of the worst of the best uh, <laughs> of the Wretched Hive podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And finally, last but not least, <laughs> I don't know. This guy is, um, I, we'll call him the real Potter. Forget about that hairy guy. This is Dave Potter. Dave, don't call him Harry Potter. <laughs> hey, I'm, Ooh, that's going to stick. I'm Harry, but aren't we all? Oh. <laughs> I have an anti-plug, actually. You mentioned Glenn Fry earlier. Yeah. And, if any, and, and I don't want to discount his music and <clears throat> with the Eagles or anything like that. But if you've ever watched the History of the Eagles documentary, and it takes them all the way through you know, their rise in the 70s to their first breakup in, I think it was 1980 or 1990 or whatever it was, and then their 10-year their hiatus to when they got back together, Glenn Fry was the most egotistic, egotistical jerk out of all of them. He was really 
What an asshole. <laughs> just, hey, 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 Greg, Greg, I'm, I'm take sorry. it easy. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Greg. I guess that was just life in the fast lane. <laughs> oh, you were building up to that, weren't you? Both of you. Yeah. Hey, Steve started it, man. <laughs> man. Well, no matter what, you know. It was, a lo- it was a long road. What can I say? <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> guys are just setting up jokes. Okay. Wow. Take it easy, you guys. <laughs> you know what? It's a heartbreak tonight. <laughs> I, I, I was just being a desperado to get that joke out. Oh, man. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, you, know, Han, you know Han Solo had the Smuggler's Blues. Oh, I was going there. I was going there. Ooh. Now we're working in solo stuff. Oh, I think that's the drop mic walk off stage moment there. <laughs> Circling back to uh, to Star Wars. You know, well played, I, Dave. I can't tell you why, but I think we might have taken it to the limit. Oh, he worked in two there. Two of nice. them. I also have to plug his his turn in Love Actually, my guilty pleasure movie. <laughs> that, that, that's not even a guilty pleasure my friend that's just a fantastic fantastically crafted film i am so glad you said no that, it's cause... a guilty it's a guilty pleasure <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure i'm gonna go with that too yeah no. all right we'll, ha- we'll have to split hairs on this because dave and i have t- dave and i have shared our love for this movie um you uh, you your love, sir. So many so. comments right now. <laughs> and we're, we're gonna have to hang up because we've got to do our love actually podcast after this so uh <laughs> Steve, can I back this up oh, for just sure. a minute? Yeah, absolutely. You, you mentioned the park. I wanted to add something to it. I sent something to you guys. I wasn't able to, I guess, send it out and put it up on this thing so we could see a picture of it. But did you see that theoretical uh, map of what the park is going to look like, Disney Anaheim? Look gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. So was that? Yeah. So who published that? Did was that uh, a fan art or was that did Disney put that out? Um, it was on, I, I can't pull it up right now. I'm sorry, I, I but I can get the reference maybe for the next show or something, but it looked official. It looked like it was actual plotting because it showed the areas that were closing down like Tom Sawyer's Island or whatever it's called now, mm. Jack Sparrow's land of plenty of pirates or whatever. Um, but all that back area that's eventually, sh- oh, there it is. Hey, nice. Oh, nice. Thank you, Greg. Oh, wow. Okay. Star Wars expansion. So... That looks like is that back behind the um oh shoot what is so it? The I'm, back of the park? I'm gonna uh, let's let's see if we can scoot this um, I can't really I'm not doing so hot so let's see if we can get this in focus so right here that's the top yeah. end of the rivers of the Mer- of America right now like where the Indian hut and everything is right yeah yeah on the on the back end of the lake and this and this bottom piece down here is the is the tom's lawyer's island mm-hmm. so coming up coming up this way is like the jamboree the country bear jamboree area and coming up this way over here and this is great radio i know for people who are just watching <laughs> over here is toontown so mm. it's um so yeah it's it's um it's on the other it's on the other side of the rivers of america mm-hmm from from where New Orleans Square is, so you cross over the river, then the island, you cross over the river again, and yes. that, it'll be back. It'll be back there. There there used to be a petting zoo back there. I think right. it's now like a lunch, uh, like a large party venue for people that have company picnics and stuff. They're turning exactly. it into, yeah, yeah. It's just the back lot basically. 
but yeah, it does. It runs from one end to the other, like all the way along Disneyland Drive over to Toontown, and it's going to be huge. They even have room for expansion. I think there's a spot on there that talks about expanding um, at least one ride or one new event, new, some new part of the park or something. Attraction. Attraction. Thank you. Thank is, you, Nico. And is that You're welcome. Yeah, looking at a current map of the Disneyland Park, that looks like it's, I'd say, at least like a good fifth of the entire Disneyland Park right now. That's empty space that the map Greg just showed us is going to be Star Wars Land. So that looks like it's about the size of Adventureland, New Orleans Square, and Frontierland all put together, which is a good chunk. Yeah, it's going to be huge. It's just the Millennium Falcon attraction is going to be ginormous. The fact it's going to be a full-size Falcon is amazing, so... I can't wait for that. That's going to be that's going to be incredible to see. That's going to yeah. be you know just cuz they they're building it life size full you know full scale. Yeah. Um it's it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Oh my god, the smiles on all three of your nerdy old man faces right now is priceless and I love it. Well, listen, I'm I'm picturing myself uh, dressing up in my Han Solo costume and taking a picture <laughs> with that Falcon. All right, I'm I mean, there too, man. I mean, they're that's... not going to let you go on. That's the only thing. They're not going to let you go on. We're that's all okay. going to run on that thing and be the, do exactly what they did in the movie. We're home, Chewie. Yeah, so, <laughs> we're all going to be there. I just want I just want to get to the park early one day. Hopefully, no one will be around. Have a rag like I'm, you know, cleaning <laughs> the inside of the Falcon and just kind of turn around <laughs> like this, you know, like Han does. <laughs> <laughs> She'll make point five past light speed. Kid, you know? <laughs> um, good, good. Stand stuff. with one foot on the ramp, holding on to the little uh, hydraulic beam that comes down. Right. With your, with your blaster pointed back. I just hey, want to uh, run up yes. that. Just want to run up that ramp. Chewie, get us out of here! Chewie, get us out of here! <laughs> That's going to be awesome. Now we're going to have to pony up the whatever it is to get in. Hundred and fifty bucks almost for one day now. Thousand yeah. dollars a year. Oh, well, Lisa and I were annual pass holders for almost twenty years, um, and now, Same. now, I mean, but back then, an annual pass when we started, uh, back when we took the horse and buggy to Disneyland, um, <laughs> uh, I think it was around two hundred and fifty dollars for an annual oh. pass with no blackout dates. A hundred bucks. Yeah. Now, now I think it's. I think that's the bargain basement one that you can only get in half the days or something. It's like $500 or $600 for a annual pass. Now it's ridiculous. Yeah. The, 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 they did do the, the hundred dollar pass and that was kind of their thing for a while is the hundred dollar pass. But yeah, that did have a, a, a few, a, quite a few blackout dates. You got it, you know, out of your 365 days out of the year, you got, we were able to get in for like 275 of them. So it was like, it was almost a right. hundred days, you know, that were blacked out. Um, and and I think they still offer something like that, close to that anyway, where there's you know about a hundred days that are blacked out. Yeah, and I think that is a, about four hundred dollars. Jeez, wow! I heard it was two hundred and fifty dollars just for the parking add-on. Two hundred and fifty dollars just for the parking add-on. So how much is parking there now? Thirty bucks? Twenty bucks? I think it's twenty-five. So I think what it is. I think it's about tree fifty. But guys, it's the Falcon. 
<laughs> you know we're going to pony up and, and go do that. We're probably going to have to report a podcast there. No, no. We're well, going full Han Solo, buddy. We're going to smuggler our way into this place. Oh, there There's no way I'm paying 300 bucks just to go sit on the Falcon. I can get in there. I'll get in there. I Well, you know. Han shot first. I'm, just remember that. I'm, I'm just hoping that in 20... 20- 18 when this opens now do we know when this thing opens 2018 i think it's 2018 i i'm just hoping in 2018 i still have my connection to get in mm-hmm. so it's a very important yeah i need to connection. make sure that i need to make sure my brother keeps his job is what i need yeah. to do so. we have two connections so i'm like please stay there for two more years we're good we're solid exactly <laughs> we have one of those too so your brother works in the park greg and my brother works in the park. He's a, he's in the union, so he actually gets four sign-ins every day, which is more than like your normal employee. Wow, wow. He gets, he gets four. Well, not every every day. They, he has blackout dates as well. Like during the holiday season, you can't go, and most Saturdays you can't go. But uh, every day that that is an eligible day, he can sign up to four people in. The trick is, is he's got to be there to sign them in. That's the only thing. So he ends up, he ends up going to Disneyland almost every day. Cause he has people asking to sign, sign them in, sign him, sign, have him sign them in so they can get it. So he's going to Disneyland almost every day. Wow. Well, um, <laughs> he is welcome on this show anytime. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. All right. So, uh, with that, let's get into our topics this week. Guys, I think that we might actually have a third listener, and his name might be James Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> it just took a step Who, up. What's going on here? Yeah. Who's your daddy, James Cameron? <laughs> James Cameron. Well, it was announced. Actually, I don't know if Cameron announced it, but it was announced and reported by com shortly after our podcast went live, actually. Let's, I mean, we should take full credit for everything oh, we don't absolutely. deserve, right? I'm right we Avatar 2 will not compete against Star Wars Episode 8. Indeed, it has been delayed. Will not be ready for Christmas. There's no date on when the movie will be released. The only, um, the only details we have is that it is delayed. Eda, you know what, Blue Cats? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, you know, we talked about this quite a bit on our last show that putting those two movies up against one another uh, was was uh, perplexing. And I think Dave had some good thoughts on that. Um, in particular, I remember uh, Dave saying something like it was almost certain death for both films because there just wasn't enough movie screens. And then the week after we had that conversation, they pushed Avatar 2 back. So I don't know. I don't know, guys. Um, I, you know, uh, I uh, some, go ahead, Dave. Oh, I was going to say, I, I saw some reporting on that, Steve. And what I think happened is that there were a lot of rumors floating around, apparently, at high levels that, Avatar 2 was not going to hit its its stated release date. That uh, it's it sounds like it's a water world, not the movie, but a world made of water based movie, and is hitting a lot of production delays because of it. And that Fox reacted to it and shifted the movie, sensing that excuse me, uh, uh, Disney reacted to it, shifting uh, Star Wars around because they knew Fox was not going to hit that release date, and they wanted to snap it up before anybody else could grab it. Mm. And we basically just saw a game of poker 
where Fox completely folded. <laughs> wow. You know, I will go out and I will say that James Cameron, uh, obviously not <laughs> an idiot. <laughs> no, I said this is this is the nice episode. Come oh, on, I'm go. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was James so Cameron. last week that he was rude. Okay, this is this week. <laughs> two he's, weeks ago, he... I've ch- I've grown so much in two weeks. So much. <laughs> two weeks ago, yes. <laughs> um, but no, James Cameron. You know. He's he's not an idiot, um, and he's he's always taken a long times with his movies. He's t- he took you know how long did he take with Titanic? How long did he take with the first Avatar? And 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 part of the first Avatar was yeah waiting for the 3D to catch up, but even still, I mean that movie was an in development thing forever, you know. And both of those movies was, were written off as as disasters pre releases, and both of them critically acclaimed and 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 commercially acclaimed. So he, he knows what he's doing. Um, you know, at, the movie is going to be on his schedule. I honestly don't think he's afraid of Star Wars. Um, I don't think he. I don't think it would it would affect his decision. Star Wars. I think he's more more concerned about the quality of the movie. That's just the kind of guy James Cameron is. Yeah, I James had James. a snarky response to that. I was going to say something to the effect that what James Cameron pre production issues. <laughs> but the guy likes to go big, basically. And I was actually having this discuss discussion with my son and. Um, Talking about how each movie he's done since Terminator has just one up the next one, the next one, and the next one. And I just foresee any production issues whatsoever. Just him just saying, you know what, let's push it back six months. Let's push it back a year. I believe you're right, Greg. Something about Titanic was the same way. And just because he pushed the production back and the release date of the film to, my goodness, just what was that, December... 97? Was that December 97? You are correct, sir. Yeah, um, around that time. Impressive. You know, so just because he made those decisions and pushed that back, it had a lot of people giving that movie a bad review before they even you know, knew anything about it. So just based off of production issues and decisions. So I, I don't think there's that much of a conflict between the two and who's going to get the most box office and the money out of it. They're both going to score a ton of cash. So... All right, so I guess we didn't actually influence the decision then. Is that what you're telling me? No, we I did. called James. We, we people, totally did. People, totally it was all good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Scott, I was holding him down. Scott was holding a little avatar cat right over his head. He's going, you're going to stop this movie there, MFR. <laughs> avatar cat. <laughs> That's, oh my God. What the hell are Dude. those things called? The, the Navi? Navi. Navi. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot the apostrophe. <laughs> it's not Leviosa. It's Leviosa. Oh. My, <laughs> my favorite part of Avatar is the, what is the, the very precious gem or raw stone? Unobtainium. 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 <laughs> unobtainium, but they're mining it. They're obtaining it. Incredible. But it's unobtaining. Um. <laughs> Look, I, I love Cameron's movies, but a dialogue dialogue writing is not his forte. I'm sorry. Hmm. You know, there's another director that uh, has over, come man. under fire Game for over. that. Actually, I wonder who that is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, and before we hit that though, I just got to say, James Cameron, where is my True Lies special edition Blu-ray? It's the only movie of yours that doesn't have a special edition out. Come on, man. Dave, I'm high fiving you right through Skype right now, man. 
I agree. I like, I love that movie. That, All right. that is the best James Bond movie that came out in 15 years. <laughs> if, 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 that, if, if that thing is released on Blu-ray next week, I'm calling it. We are influencing James Cameron. We that, are. I think we are. That's it. Well, this is a unique one, guys. I got I to gotta set the stage a little bit. Um, a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, I... I had a hard week at work. It was rough. I just had one of those weeks. It was just tough. And uh, Friday night on my way home, <coughs> I stopped at, um, well, guys, I stopped at our local microbrewery that I love so much oh. called Timeless Pints. Oh, yeah. And uh, I happened to be wearing a, uh, a jacket that I have that I got from um, Celebration this last year. It, was it a uh, wretched hive jacket? No, but we will be coming oh. out with those soon. Stay tuned. Uh, it was uh, a uh, Star Wars Rebels cast crew jacket that I I got at the show there, and and I sat down with with my uh, with my beer, and uh, this guy across from me was kind of looking at me, and and uh, he, him and his him and his significant other there. Um, we're just sort of, you know, we weren't really talking. We were sharing a table, but we weren't talking. And <clears throat> finally he got brave enough and said, I, you know, I love your jacket. Where'd you get it? And I, I shared. And turns out the guy's a huge Star Wars fan. And his name was Joe. And Hi, Joe. So I wanted to give a shout out to Joe because we had about a half an hour conversation that included some of the most unique theories about Star Wars that I think I've ever heard. I actually recorded tape uh, wow. on Joe. Wait, wait well, actually, physical it's, tape? Actually, it's not tape. I take that back. <laughs> I think I'm showing my age. Um, so I went out. I searched, I searched for a I, tape recorder. I, and then I found some place I could buy cassettes. I told Joe, wait here. I'll be back in 1985. <laughs> I, I popped it in my Betamax when I got home. And... Did you click the little red circle and the play button? First of all, I think it's amusing that um, <laughs> that Nico has no idea what I'm really talking about right now. Um, anyway, I I, I, I I recorded our conversation, and it unfortunately it didn't come out on my phone. It was really loud in there; you can't hear it. But I wanted to show, I wanted to share one of Joe's theories because I thought it was fascinating. I mean, we were all over the Star Wars universe. He was throwing stuff out there left and right. At one point, we were talking about episode four, and Joe asked me, who killed Uncle Owen and Nat Beru? Stormtroopers. Stormtroopers. Of course. That's what I said. He said, no, 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 no. Boba Fett killed Uncle Owen and Nat Beru. Actually, this is very relevant. If you talk about... um. Shoot, Greg shared with us in uh, one of our threads the Darth Vader comic books. Um, and I read through all of the issues on the Darth Vader comic books. <clears throat> and they talk about how Boba Fett showed up back at the homestead and Luke revisited just to pay some respects to the homestead. And Boba Fett was there looking to study Luke to be able to find him to bring him to Vader because that was his first bounty before Solo was to find Luke and bring him to Vader. And there was actually a fight between Luke and Boba Fett in the homestead. So that would make sense yeah. that he went there to find Luke 
um, and didn't find him and killed the people who were there. You you had made comment in that I I forget if it was text or email or whatever that chain was that they you said the Darth Vader comics had a bunch of plot holes in them. You need to go back and read the Star Wars comics alongside it because the stories take place concurrently. So all the plot holes in the Vader comic get filled in by the Star Wars comic. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's um, between issues. I think it's like uh, eleven to fifteen. Um, they have huge jumps that expect you to know what's going on that just seem like there's something missing. Yeah, go go read the Star Wars comic, and that will fill in a lot of that stuff. Well, Joe's theory was that essentially, and Joe, if you're listening, I apologize, he did subscribe to the podcast right there in front of me, which was, which was nice, but Joe suggested that, you know, Boba Fett monitors the Imperial transmissions, and so he's he's just looking to make a buck. He's trying to find the droid that the Imperials are looking for. And so he shows up at the homestead, uh, fries Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew, and he feels that uh, part of the evidence that supports his theory is, uh, is when Darth Vader is addressing the bounty hunters in Empire, and he, he looks directly at Boba Fett and says, no disintegrations. So his sense is that because Boba Fett disintegrated Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, he's warning him, don't do that again in, in I like Empire. It. Yeah, I'm down. I, I actually like just saw Scott shift as soon as Steve said no disintegration. I saw the wheels turn in Scott's head right there, and he was like, you know, that actually makes sense. What do you think, well, Scott? Hey. I, not, I not can to, see that. I can just, see that. My, my theory, though, is there's... You're talking about comics here now. You're adding in that extra element. But um, there's a couple theories on that. Um, one, I've had a hard time with the fact that in the special editions, they added Boba Fett back into A New Hope, which I totally disagree with. Mm. It's just a cameo shot of him hamming it up for the camera. That's all that shot is. But is that in the Falcon, in the bay with the Falcon? Correct. Yeah, and he's and he and he full, walks right in front of the camera. Basically, if 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 he wasn't wearing his helmet, he'd be winking to the camera. And he, he, would, he would. So, so true. The idea and the theory of him being the one that caused that. Yes, I see that. Now, here's a couple ideas to counter that, and I'm only putting this out there just so we have you know, a full spectrum of ideas here. Boba Fett is notorious. Um, based off of the expanded universe material, uh, which is not canon anymore, I know, but uh, for disintegrations. Um, also, there is another character in the expanded universe named Jodo Cast, who is an impersonator of Boba Fett, who goes so as far as to actually wear the exact same armor, the same logos, everything, and calls himself Fett um, while trying to capitalize off of Fett's. Um, notoriety is his fame to make a bigger buck pulling in some of these bounties and there's a great uh story out there called twin engines of destruction that talks about that and actually deals with the two of them battling it out um in theory that could be something that's added into that idea that maybe it wasn't necessarily fed it could have been fed um i still like to think of the idea that it's just vader's troops most likely the 501st um, that were the ones that were sent down there for this particular mission. If it's something also, – also, let me throw this out there too. Uh, yeah, my head was shaking with a whole bunch of theories and ideas when this came up. But um, 
how quick was a transmission actually sent out? If this was an escape pod that just happened to jettison out of that ship, out of the blockade runner, how fast was Vader out there sending out transmissions? This looks like it was a group, a, a set of troops that were sent directly from the Star Destroyer down to the planet. So I don't know. It's a good theory. I like it. There's a, a lot of things you could kind of counter on that. So I like your ideas, Joe, wherever you are. <laughs> oh, it, it is an interesting idea. And I, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second just because that's, that's what I love doing. It, I don't think he that Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru were, were disintegrated. I could be misremembering, but I'm pretty sure we see kind of a burning, smoldering pair of corpses when Luke, uh, when Luke rushes back to the farm. Skeletons. Like, yeah, like they'd just been burned, not, uh, not disintegrated and vanished from all existence. The other, the other thing I want to throw out is just based on Boba Fett's performance in Return of the Jedi – I mean, I just I don't buy that he's that effective or that good of a bounty hunter or even that good of a shot, really. Boba I mean, if Boba he was any where? bigger, if he was any bigger of an ineffective pussy in that movie, you would think he was the one who had been in Carbonite since the end of Empire Strikes Back. Wow! <laughs> Did we just call Boba Fett a pussy? Is that what I heard you say, Dave? Yes, hey, I Faith. Did. Hey, Faith. So Dave wow. says, if you like <laughs> Boba Fett, you're not a real Star Wars fan. <laughs> <laughs> You've wow, just... that escalated quickly. <laughs> well, you've just eliminated 99.9% of Star Wars fans. That bitch ain't one. <laughs> wow. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Watch that crossfire, boys. It's the bad Star Wars battle. Good. Our first catch of the day. Right now, I feel like I take on the whole Empire myself. Which bad Star Wars will win or uh, lose? Patience, my friend. Wah! That got him! It's not fair. I hate you! Good job. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> all right, so Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the movie. Did I get all the crap out there, all the colons, everything? Yes, yes, I did. This was – I honestly thought this would be a tough one to argue because it's, it's a prelude, if you will, a kickoff actually to a successful TV series, the Clone Wars TV series, which is not what I'm defending. That actually, that actually did all right. People like that. People have fond memories of it. And then I realized that's actually the core problem. That's why Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the movie is so awful because this was actually intended to be a different format, a different product presentation than what it was that came out. That makes it unique from all the other Star Wars jetsam that we're going to be discussing here and talking about here that are nowhere near as inferior as this. This is the only repackaged product in the group. It was originally constructed and designed to be three episodes of a TV show. That repackaging, done entirely at George Lucas's direction, is what makes this the worst Star Wars product. Because what happens is we plunk down our money, we go in the theaters to see something, and instead we are teased and immediately let down. We're pushed down, we're kicked, and we're mugged basically for the cost of going to see this movie. It is the ultimate Jedi mind trick from Lucas. We're paying movie ticket prices for a cable TV product. Insidiously genius. The Star Wars episode movies are basically infomercials of awesome. This is what we're expecting when we go into the theater to see it. 
even the worst of these things is something that we will watch again and again and again. We will hug those little Ewoks close. We will sit through the Jar Jar. We will deal with the clones, even if they're not attacking. But this is the first non-episodic movie. And like I said, it's just three TV episodes that Lucas mashed together to try to make it something. And the reason I'm predisposed to not like it is just right from the opening sequence because you think you're going to get that title card, you're going to get that space shot and the title and the crawl and the music, and it's going to be wonderful. It's heaven. This is what you wanted in 2008. You didn't expect another Star Wars movie. But you go in and the title card comes up and the music is not quite right and the logo doesn't look quite right. And you're a little confused. And then there's no crawl. There's just a TV narrator basically explaining, here's what happened last week on Star Wars. And it's horrible. It's jarring. It's like in The Crying Game when Stephen Ray discovers Jay Davidson has a penis. It's a complete letdown. You're, you're waiting for something else and you get the wrong thing. How can you like it after that? It doesn't even matter what happens. Oh, my God. The only thing missing from it is a smirking Forrest Whitaker. But really, the only thing smirking is, again, George Lucas, because he has your money at that point. He's done with you. You can just move on. Oh, God. Now, the animation in this movie was supposed to have been groundbreaking at the time. And I suppose if you had been in a coma since 1984, that would probably be true. You look at the background animation and what's happening with the ships, and it's, it's, I suppose it's a couple of steps forward from The Last Starfighter in 1983, but really not much more than that. And the animation of the people is about the equivalent of a Dire Straits video. But again, George Lucas, he got your money for nothing on it. I mean, they have the emotive qualities of an Easter Island statue. And again, that is great for TV, but it doesn't work for the movies. We have higher standards. The Incredibles came out in 2004, which also features Samuel L. Jackson. He's like the black Kevin Bacon at this point. But if you look at what was accomplished in that movie, that's what we're expecting for our 10 or $12. That's not what we want from Lucas and what we're getting here. Ugh, the story of this, if, if it had been on TV as intended, like I said, it would have been stylish, unique. But the story story of the movie doesn't really have one. It's three TV episodes mashed together, and that does not a three-act story structure make for us. I mean, it's very loosely strung together. There's these bad guys, the Separatists, and they control shipping routes by Jabba the Hutt, and they want to get, and the Republic wants it, but Jabba the Hutt's son has been kidnapped, and that, that just by itself is so disturbing. you got to stop for a minute. Jabba the Hutt reproduces. Like somebody sleeps with Jabba the Hutt, and a little baby pops out. Fortunately, Lucas doesn't get into a lot of detail on this, but he names the baby Stinky because he's very culturally sensitive that way. Anyway, they have to rescue the baby, but the Sith make it look like the Jedi are doing it, and it's awful, but it all works out happily ever after at the end, and the Republic gets control of these shipping lanes, and we move off to the TV series. But Okay, i got to cut you off there. you got it five minutes. Okay. <laughs> oh, Dave, bring in the heat. On Star Wars, the Clone Wars movie. Well done. Well done. I got a hit. Well done. That nice. Was, that was very strong. Very, very strong. Wow. Give, him, give, him like, give him like 20 seconds to close it up, I think. I think give him yeah. 20 seconds to close it. He's got to have something to wrap that up there. Oh, do you want me to just go ahead and let it run 20 more why, seconds? Why don't you give your closing statement, 
Dave. Okay. Yeah. 20 seconds. I, I, I think we owe him that because he was on a roll there, and I want to hear the end of his argument. <laughs> <laughs> I could keep going until the camera film just runs out. Uh, that was apparently the strategy on the movie. But what yeah, I'll just this is, is this, this is the mo- this is the moderator telling you to put in your closing statement right now. That's what that, that's what this is. Okay, My I'll closing talk. statement is the, the attention to story detail just can be summed up with two things. One, the bad guy was named General Loathsome, which is just proof that they ran out of ideas for names at this point. I mean, it's, they're just taking them out of the dictionary. And one of the big plot developments was Obi-Wan Kenobi stalling for time by pretending to surrender to General Loathsome and getting a fake surrender ceremony set up with tea and crumpets. And it's I'm like, it, I know it's a Warner Brothers movie, but we should be relying on plot points that aren't from a Looney Tunes cartoon. The only thing that was missing was a card that said Wiley Coyote Surrender Kit to make this happen. <laughs> okay. All I right. get 30 well seconds on that well one, Dave. Played. Thank you. Thank you. Well played, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Nico, I'm going to give you the extra 30 seconds. We'll stop. That's only yesterday. fair. And then uh, we'll let you do a wrap up. Is that does it sound pretty good? Sounds good to me. All right. So I'm just going to start out by saying that this movie, film, short, animated, short story, whatever we're going to call this thing, is so culturally and racially insensitive and wrong. The movie starts out. Um, not so bad, but really immature with the fact that R2-D2 and C-3PO are on this ship and they're on the way to this planet, this this um, thriving, what do they call it, thriving farming planet that's going on right now. And R2-D2 is so out of characterly klutzy and cartoonish and he's mopping the floors and falling all over and he spills the mop bucket on top of himself and it's just it it weirds me out so much that r2 is so out of character and c3po has pupils that move around the screen that freak me out because he's a robot with moving eyeballs like this is not it looks like somebody who's watched Star Wars maybe once and then went back to China and tried to make an anime cartoon based off of it and they failed miserably. But we see this planet, um, Batu and and Mungo, the traitor, is riding on his desert Tauntaun. I don't think they even gave this creature a name. And he's riding through this little, like, farming community. And all the local alien creatures, humanoids, are there. And they are so just ignorant sounding and they're all just off colored green and their facial features and everything just makes it seem really like culturally insensitive it's almost reminding me of like a cotton plantation with the white slave master riding down waving at all of his slaves picking space cotton um but it wasn't space cotton they were picking space corn but they were still and he's like you know i don't speak your language that well you got to talk to me and they're all in like first grade english level speaking capacity um, and then the first thing comes out, the giant, oh no, what's going on? And some spaceship flies by, sucks up the water out of the lake into a tornado on the top of the spaceship. Like, wait, how does that go to the top? You got to suck it from the bottom, but the water's on the top. But I don't, it's a cartoon. Awesome. Thanks. Um, and oh my God, if I had to hear C-3PO complain one more time about this is killing my circuits, I think I counted it five or six times in the 50 minutes of the movie. That means every 10 minutes, C-3PO is doing something that is, oh my God, my circuits are wearing me out. Um, 
no, please, thank you, God, no more circuits. Um, and besides C-3PO complaining about his circuits and the, you know, childish, insensitive, ignorant um, alien creatures, you get to hear these creatures in their native tongue speaking to each other or to themselves and a lot of droid conversations because the great heap, this imperial hive mind droid comes to take over this planet to steal all their resources has a harem of r2 units and let me get steve can we play this first clip real quick this is r2d2 meeting his girlfriend in the harem and of course it's just a lot of bleeps and bloops no subtitles thank you One high chair special coming right up. So that went on much longer than just that. And then the great heap. Uh, is taking these R2 units to recharge himself. He's basically draining them of their life force. C-3PO finds out. R2 is taken into this harem, just trying to take him back, using one of the locals to help him out. And they get in there, they break out. R2 and C-3PO are trying to run away. And all of a sudden, this clumsy R2 turns into a freaking badass with a lightsaber and then turns into a useless little ring around the rosy falling over his mop bucket thing again and one of my biggest complaints is that this great heap this giant scary monster robot has no weapon systems they steal a ship they try to break down this giant like their star base whatever on the planet and this giant heap is standing there just yelling at everybody do something ah no and he's like three four stories tall and he can't do anything but eat argue R2 units. Like, what are you doing, Imperials, building giant, useless robots? I got, and... I got to cut you off right there, Nico. I'm sorry. You got five minutes right there. <laughs> All right. Hit us with your closing statements, sir. Closing statements, 30 seconds. Um, I'm going to make it short and simple. I'm going to say that the movie ends with something very reminiscent of the Ewoks celebration with a giant kumbaya circle of R2 units recharging R2-D2's girlfriend at the very end, and everybody wins, and may the force be with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well played, Nico. Oh, my God. Great race relations have never been better in the Star Wars universe, thanks to all they all recharged his girlfriend, did they? Is that what that that sounds like? Such a euphemism. That's that's what it looked like. Scott, you uh, messaging earlier this week, you mentioned something about the Blu ray release was announced. Um, Disney... I might have to go back on this, Steve. I'm sorry about that. I was gonna say, is this legit that they're really releasing the Blu ray this early? Well. Let me throw this out there. When I sent the message off to Steve, they had an April 5th was the date. Yep, yep. And that was all over the web. What I saw after I uh, texted you or sent the message out was um, Amazon was the one who leaked that release date, and they had to pull the release date. Ooh. So there must be some sort of conflict going on there. But, and it, made, it seemed a little early to me as well. But I saw the information float on multiple sites, so I'm like, I have to send it out to you guys. 
You know, the internet is uh, another podcast I listen to refers to the internet echo chamber, right? So, you know, somebody puts some news out there, has no reliable sources. It just gets out there and then, you know, 10 other sites report on that false report. And pretty soon you have this glut of incorrect information. It drives me crazy. And even just like researching, you know, um, stories for the show – uh, there's a lot of Star Wars news out there that does not have confirmed sources, that quotes uh, an unnamed source at Disney or at XYZ Studio. And, you know, it's really hard to trace it back to the actual source to see if it's legitimate. That drives me nuts. Yeah, it's it's a lot of sites quoting other sites quoting other sites. I mean, it's, it's, it's not anywhere near researched. Um, I, I guess like confirm sources that you can actually verify that these things are gonna happen. Is somebody taking a dump right now? <laughs> I I want I'm hearing s- some weird noises coming out. There's a good possibility what? that Nico is torquing a moonfish, right? I now. am <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I'm not I'm sorry. I uh right. rough day at work and I'm stretching out my back. Got it. <clears throat> Just kinda That's what stretching. I say all the time. <laughs> Yeah. Fish is so fantastic, though. That, that's that's awesome. Thank you. We we ought to pick up a listener for that. That's all I'm saying. That was great. <laughs> you know, welcome it, to episode four of our podcast, now called Torking the Moonfish. It's not too late. I mean, this is the first official wretched hive. We could do Torking the Moonfish uh, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> It, it would actually be fairly descriptive of the content so far. 